Well, we start a new series today. You can see that behind me, the, a series about relationships called Together. You know, we, we talk about relationships in the series every single year because it's one of the most important things in our lives. You know, the people that you hang around with influence you as much as anything in life, whether that's your spouse, your friends, whoever those close people are in your life, they're giant influencers in your life. I, for 15 years in youth ministry, I would tell students, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Can I get an amen on that? It's just how we're wired. And relationships are huge. I, I've had the privilege of having some great relationships growing up. I had a few true friends, close friends growing up. I remember in high school, there were four of us that ran around together. Jeff, Walt, Brent, and me, us four. And when I still, Jeff actually lives up by Woodward, and he comes in once a year or so, uh, comes to South Point, hangs out with us, co comes to service with us, and uh, we're we always talking about Brent and, Brent and Walt and how they're doing. And when somebody sees one of us that we went to high school with, they always ask, hey, how are the fellas doing? Have you talked to them? And all that kind of stuff, because we ran around together. Now on, the, now, on the wild scale, for all those watching on Facebook, uh, Walt was the least wild, okay? Just, just in case you know some of my stories. Jeff was next, though. Jeff was a pretty good guy. Jeff held it down. He had like 40 brothers and sisters, so he had to like, he had to work Noah's Ark all the time. Uh, but me and Brent, we were a close tie for first place on the troublemakers in the group. But what's great about that is from, from years of camping together and running around together and going to school together and just doing life together, we became very, very close friends. And that relationship between each one of us really influenced the other ones. Whether that was to do good things or to not do good things, that was a huge influence. Now, what's great now that I can talk about is all four of us are followers of Christ. It's the sign of the apocalypse, I'm sure. <laughs> All four of us are followers of Christ, and it's nothing cooler, nothing cooler, as we are now parents, and a couple of them are grandparents, to be able to sit and talk about those old times, knowing that they pale in comparison to what God's teaching us now every single day. Still a great relationship because of things we, we did back then. Uh, the Bible teaches us today, we're going to take a, uh, some scripture, five or six scriptures out of the book of Proverbs. I read Proverbs probably five or six times a year. I alternate it with other books. I'll read Proverbs in the NIV for a month, and then next month I'll read something else, like, you know, something daily, and then I'll alternate again, and next month I'll read Proverbs in a, in a different translation because it's the book of wisdom, and it teaches us so much about relationships and the influences on our lives. So if you have your orange bulletin, grab that dude today because it's going to benefit you greatly. There's a bunch of fill in the blanks. I'm going to go really fast, but it's going to be helpful to help us as we go through life, decide, choose, pick who is going to influence our lives by being our really good friends. All right. So that's what this says in Proverbs 27, 19. It says this, a, a mirror reflects a man's face. We got that, right? But what he is really like is shown by the friends that he chooses. Can I get an amen on that? You can show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But let me just say, show me your friends and I can show you your personality also. Now, I may have totally different personality than Brent, Walter, and Jeff. But I can tell you what we're all going to be doing 
or, or not supposed to be doing by just watching the friends that we hang out with. And the Bible teaches us lots of great things. We're going we're gonna to study four or five of those today, go through those, what the Bible teaches us out of Proverbs about relationships, because my goal is when we teach these series over relationships, that it quickens our minds, our hearts to what God's speaking to you about your relationships. And can I just say this? You need true friends in your life. You need that. You're wired for that. You're created for that. Do you know if you do life alone, you'll be nuts? Do you know that? I didn't get any amens on that, but and I'm not saying, I'm not talking insane. I'm not talking clinically. I'm not talking that, but you'll be off kilter because God didn't create you to know everything, to get every perspective in life, to see every situation from all angles. But he did create you to have relationships with people that can speak into your life and help you to have perspectives from different angles and different possibilities and different situations. Amen? It's those people and us weighing that out that make us better than we are alone. Amen? So let's go over some of the things that the Bible teaches us today because I believe that they're going to help us choose our friends better, positively better for the rest of our lives. The, the first thing that it teaches is that there are few friends that are true friends. I need a big amen on that. Y'all know, know what a true friend is, right? Pro Proverbs teaches that. Well, let's read a couple of scriptures, then we're going to talk about it. But few friends are true friends, as Proverbs 18, 24 says. Friends come and friends go. Big amen on that one. <laughs> yeah. But a true friend sticks by you like family. Let me just tell you, Brent, Walter, and Jeff, it has been, we, we started running around when I moved to Clinton the last three weeks of my freshman year, I met Brent. I was looking for somebody that I could run around with during the summer, get to know, go, go fishing and stuff. And I heard these guys talking in one of the classes about going fishing. And I just invited myself. Hey, can I go with you guys? And I'm new here. I don't know where there's any spot to fish. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy the drinks, you know, the Cokes, Dr. Peppers, or whatever for the day. Let's go. And they said, okay, we're going after school. I'm like, okay, let's go. And that's what started our friendship. Our relationship. We started walking through understanding who we are, cold turkey. The only thing we had in common is that we were in the same grade. We were all freshmen. We, we started fishing. We started hanging out together. And, and like this scripture says, over our time, we were tested in whether we were going to be true friends or not. And one of the, one of the coolest things in, in my life, probably one of the biggest things, is when I was 23 years old. When I gave my life to Christ, I, for, for years, me, Brent, Walt, and Jeff, we all ran around together, and we did what we wanted to because we were all lost. We just lived by our rules. And then Jesus threw a, a stick in the spokes. Scott got saved. And let me just tell you, that messes up the chemistry of a bunch of guys that have run around for 10 years and know each other really, really well and don't like to do anything involved with church. But it was through that process that our friendship was tested as much as it's ever been tested ever. But here, here it's been 25, 30 years. I'm not figuring that out publicly. It's been a long time, and I have all their phone numbers, and sometimes I talk to them multiple times a year, and sometimes it's five years before we see each other in person, and we talk on Facebook, but before we see each other, and we can pick up right where we left off. How are your kids doing? What's going on in your life? All of that kind of stuff. It's Friends come and friends go with our careers, with our different decisions that we make in life. But true friends stick by you even when you get saved. Amen? 
they love you. Didn't agree with me. We worked all through it. It, it was amazing over those 25 years when I would see one of them, uh, we would be talking about it and I'll never forget Jeff contacting me and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to come to your church. Hadn't seen, hadn't talked to Jeff in, in person in five or six years. He said, I, I see where you're a pastor now. We're coming. We're going to come check it out. And I'll never forget talking to Jeff about his faith. Oh, man, yeah, I committed my life to Christ like right after y'all moved, right after you got married and moved. I'm like, I had no idea. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just growing slowly in it. I'll never forget talking to Walt. His mom passed away, and we talk, talked a little bit about our faith. But I'll never forget, man, I... If, he's, when he, if he watches online, I'll never forget two or three years ago in Clinton, um, they, a, a new real contemporary church. They planted a church. And I'll never forget one of my friends that would stop by here and visit twice a year. He said, uh, hey, did, uh, have you heard about Brent? And I was like, oh, no. You know, I was, he's dead. Somebody killed him. Because Brent's always just wiry. He's a, he's a fighting machine. And uh, I said, no, what, what happened? And he said, well, you know, I helped plant that church in Clinton, and it's just going gangbusters, like four or 500 people in this 6,000-person town. I said, yeah, I've heard that. And he said, well, let me just tell you. He said, Brent had missed since Easter. I said, you are kidding. This is the apocalypse. This is <laughs> Brent's going to church. And to be able to, over those years, no matter what our faith was, no matter what our situation, we were to stick together and to grow together and keep contact. Can I tell you right now, that's paying off huge now that all four of us are living for God, and we can talk about that in this true friend group. Amen? N nothing like it in your life, true friends. It also says, you see in your notes there, Proverbs 17, 17, friends love through all kinds of weather. And let me just say, on this, few friends are true friends, he's not talking about the weather. It says weather, but you have to see what he's talking about, Right? You have to understand what he's talking about. What is he talking about there? He's talking about all the, the good situations in life, the bad situations in life. He's talking about the things that, the nice sunny days that you go through and the stormy tornado days that you go through. The relationships, the arguments, all of these different things that, that add up in life. Those are where you're, you find your true friends. Nothing, I'm not knocking people that don't stick around through all the weather, but I'm just saying it shows me who my true friends are. True friends are there when it's not convenient. You ever been there? True friends understand that it's a commitment, that we're in this together. We're going to figure this out together, and I'm going to be there with you. Amen? Few friends are true friends. Scripture teaches us that, but when we find them, some of the biggest blessings in this life. Number two, it says this, that friends will speak truth to you. Woo! Proverbs 27, 6 says this, the wounds from a friend are worth it. Kisses from an enemy do you in. Do you understand what that scripture is saying? Wounds from a friend. A friend can be honest with you, can say, yes, it makes your rear look big in those pants. All right? I've wanted to say that from the platform for years. A true friend can say, that is an ugly sweater. Don't wear it. Whatever the, a true friend can be honest with you and say, you shouldn't be running around with those people because they're going to take you in the wrong direction. Right? A, a true friend will speak life into you where kisses from an enemy mean nothing. They're worthless because they're not a true friend. It, it's important that we understand that I, I want my true friends to be honest with me. The great thing about a true friend is they'll wrap that in love. I just thought sometimes, especially probably my truest friend in life, my wife, 
when we first got married, that, I just thought that gives you permission to be 100% honest. I have no problem being 100% honest. In fact, I, sometimes I lose filters and I have to go find filters and put in my life so I can have filters that keeps me from being honest. But what I learned is to take that honesty because I love her, because I care about her and committed, committed to her, I'm still going to be honest. But because I care about her, I'm going to find ways to package that honesty. Amen? There's some young couples in here that need to write that one down, all right? Find ways to wrap it in love. Wrap it in slow revealing. Wrap it in multiple boxes and stages. And, yeah, there you go. Don't be elbowing the people sitting next to you. This, this is supposed to be helping relationships, not tearing them up. But you understand that true friends are going to speak truth to you. They're not going to let you make mistakes if they see you putting your foot in a mistake. Does that make sense? So Proverbs teaches us lots of things like that. It lets us know that real friends, true friends, they're going to speak truth to us. It's a good litmus test for some of our friends. The third one says that friends refresh us. One of my favorite ones in Proverbs, same chapter, chapter 27 says this, verse 9, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Can I tell you, you, you know exactly who I'm talking about in your life right now. You know, you know there are some, some people that suck life out of you. Can I get an amen on that? There are some people that when you're sitting, you don't, you don't have anything to do. It's Saturday afternoon. You've done all, you got up early. You did all the, the honeydews and the chores and all that. And you're sitting there. It's 2 o'clock. You're so excited. And your phone rings and you look down and you go, mm, I'm not here right now. Is that just me? Okay, I didn't, I didn't think so, because I've called y'all, and you didn't answer, and I knew. <laughs> you, you know those people, though. You know, and, and can I say, it's our tendency, this is another point we're going to get to, but it's our tendency for all of us to be selfish, because selfish is very rewarding. Selfish with your friends, it feels really good. But it, true friends understand that that's a two-way street. Does that make sense? That I also have those friends they're much fewer, but I also have those friends that I can be in an important meeting and that phone rings and I look down and see who it is and I go, hold on a minute, I, I need to step out and take this. You, you know who I'm talking about there, right? The, those people in your life. There, there's not two dozen of those. There's a few of those. There's a few family members and a few close friends. Because those people, I understand, one, I'm committed to them, but secondly, those people refresh me. You, do you have any friends that encourage you? that speak life. I love, I've got a couple of friends that, that obviously don't care anything about the truth in my life. Now, I know that's one of the points, but all they're interested is, is just encouraging me all the time. And I love being around them. They're my encouraging friends. I've got two or three of those that they just go, oh, Scott, are you losing weight? No, I put on 20 pounds. My land, you look skinny. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my mind, they're dumb as a brick and I love this. Obviously, their eyes don't work, and I am going to hang out with them more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter because true friends in our life, people that we will go out of our way to spend time with, are people that are going to refresh our souls. That's what it says. They re refresh our souls. They lift us up. They encourage us. They speak life into us. And can I tell you, part of that is understanding who you are. Part of that is understanding your goals in life, whether that be in your marriage or your careers or in your faith. And they're going to speak life into you and encourage you in that direction. And that only encourages you and refreshes you because the rest of the world could care less. The rest of the world wants their cut. 
But true friends, they believe in you. They're pushing you in the right direction. They're encouraging you. And all of that together refreshes your soul. Amen? Fourth one is this. Friends sharpen one another. Proverbs 27, 17, in the message version it says this, you use steel to sharpen steel, right? You've seen that? You take a knife, uh, you rub, rub the, the iron on the knife, the, the sharpening blade. You, you never use anything soft. It's hard things against hard things, and they're going to sharpen one another. Well, the rest of that says, and one friend sharpens another. Let me ask you, how do, how do people sharpen one another? How do people sharpen one another? How do, you, how do I make you sharper? Sometimes that's correcting you isn't it? That's part of that speaking truth. Sometimes that's challenging you. You ever had a friend that challenged you? Yeah. Everybody say Jenny. <laughs> she challenges me. As iron sharpens iron, she challenges me. I don't want somebody, a, a true friend in my life that I'm constantly having to convince and drag. I, every now and then, they need to be ahead of me challenging me. Hey, I want you to walk this direction. I want you to try these things. I want you to lift your head up. I want you to continue to grow. We sharpen each other all the time. I'm thoroughly convinced that God doesn't want us to stop growing until we're dead. Can I get an amen? For the rest of my life, when I am 117, that's what I'm shooting for, healthy 117, I want God to still be challenging me through my friends. Amen? Now, I'll outlive them all. They'll all be dead by then. But my young friends... I want God to challenge me through my friends. Scripture says that as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. I want you to think about right now. Think about those people in your life, those one, maybe two, if you're super lucky, you got three or four. Who are those people in your life that sharpen you, that make you better, that make your mind stronger, make your heart more passionate, that, that they encourage you to, to shoot in a direction and accomplish that. They encourage you to reach goals, to think different, to continually grow. Who is it in your life? Those people are true friends. They see the potential in you, or they hear what you're saying about yourself, and they want to continually sharpen you. Well, let me give you a couple of tips on how you and I can help identify true friendships in our life, how we can attract true friendships in our life. Because let me tell you, I only have, I, I would say I'm very lucky and probably have three, four, five of those people in my life that do those things that we've talked about. But if it's really up to me, I'd, I'd take another dozen right now. True friends, people that refresh me, that sharpen me, that challenge me, that speak truth to my life, I can't have enough of those. So let me give you a couple of pointers. How, how is it that we find more true friendships? The first one is the key to everything in life is to being the right person. Don't just look for the right person. I'll never forget years ago, one of my favorite leadership authors is John Maxwell, and he wrote a book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. When I read that, I thought, this is going to be the longest book in the world, 21 laws. And I'll never forget in about five days reading the entire book. And I'm not a huge reader, but it was just, it was life to me. And one of those laws was the laws of magnetism. The laws of magnetism. In other words, that the people that are like-minded attract one another. People that have like goals attract one another. People that have like faith, they attract one another. And the entire chapter in that book was talking about if you want true friendship, if you want to be those kind of people, then you have to be those kind of people. 
You will attract the kind of people that you are in this life. Amen? The law of attraction. The greatest control that you have over your friendships is not other people. It's going to be you. So with being the right person is probably the number one thing you can do to attract good friendships. Why don't we just commit to right now to growing into the best friend that we can be and allow God to bring us people and we'll sort through the true friendships that he sends us. How about that? I believe that God wants us to have true friends. Will we become friends, people that sharpen one another, speak truth, encourages one another, those things that I believe God will surround us with people that are the same way. The second one is this. It is committing time and energy. Committing time and energy. <clears throat> one of the illustrations that I use for spiritual growth that I got from Jesus, it wasn't my original one, is the gardening principle or the farming principle. And Jesus will talk all through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about seasons. About you plant in one season, you wait a season, it grows, and then you harvest. There, it takes time. And I want you to understand that learning to be somebody's friend isn't immediate. It's going to take an investment by us. Think, think about the difference between people dating and people being married. When you're, when you're dating, somebody, your, your significant other can say, hey, I forgot my keys, would you mind going and getting those? And what do you say when you're dating? Oh, absolutely. Where did you leave those at? Oh, on Pike's Peak. Okay, well, I'll just drive up there. It's no big deal whatsoever. I'll just go get those things for you right now. And six months into being married, you go, hey, would you grab my keys? And they go, what's wrong with your memory? That, that is just our marriage, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it to, to, to it, when you're dating, I do not, these are size 13s. I do not want to put those in my mouth today, okay? I'm trying to be very careful. When you're dating, it's very natural for you to do that. You're showing the best of you. But when you get married, it takes a commitment of time and energy to grow that relationship and to keep it strong and true. Amen? It's a total investment. It's a total investment. I'll never forget three or four or five years ago, Jenny, I asked her to speak. I said, hey, it's Mother's Day. I think the women would love to hear from y'all. Don't you love to hear Jenny preach? And she got up here and she was preaching and she gave some illustration. Don't you hate it when you ask somebody to do something and then while they're doing it, you go, hmm, I don't know if this was a good idea or not. Because she started using me as an illustration. And she started talking about, right after we got married, and some of my mistakes. Yeah, while she's preaching. It's not, I never do that. And, and she said when, when we got married, it didn't take me long to figure out that Scott was not going to make me happy. Yeah. And I thought, well, I mean, it's still young. You know, we learn from this. But the, the point was that, it, that she not only had to, like both these points, she had to be the right person in this relationship. She, she was going to be the one half to make her happy. And the other thing was is her commitment 
to us growing together. We, we're going to be a lot happier way down the road, is what she was saying. Right now, he's not going to make me happy. It's my relationship with God. That's where I'm going to find happiness. But as we grow together as friends and we commit time and investment and forgiveness and love and truth and challenging and sharpening and patience and on and on, over time, your friendship grows into what you dream it could be. Amen? And I would say now, I'm never going to ask her to speak again, but I would say now if she was speaking, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Now if she was speaking, it, I, I know that our relationship is a hundred times better it was than when we were married for six months. I didn't think we were going to make it a year. We were both so selfish. We had lived by ourselves for years, done the bachelor, bachelorette thing. We didn't know anything about a relationship and what that was. But we quickly understood, I have to be who God's created me to be. I have to be the perfect spouse, so to speak, for her, and she's got to be the perfect spouse for me. Wait, that'll never happen, will it? I've got to be the right person, and she's got to be the right person. We both have to have relationships with God. And have you seen the old illustration, the pyramid, like here I am and here she is, and as we grow closer to God in our relationship and become more like Him, we grow closer together. That's what God wants. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes investment. But with that, what, what's great about that is I can look around. I, I see people that are younger than us that are doing that, older than us that are doing that. What we can find through that process is what true, true, 100% true friendship is really all about. Jenny is my wife, but she is also my best friend. When, when we have a Saturday morning and the kids are off doing stuff and, and we have time by ourselves together, there's nobody I'd rather be with go running around town overeating on a Saturday morning than with Jenny. She's my best friend. There's nobody that when I need sharpened or I need advice or I need something along those lines, I can go to her and say, here, I need you to tell me this honestly. And she'll wrap it in the love that I need, the, the way that I need to hear it. And she'll say, well, here, honestly, is what it's about. You understand, all of that takes time and investment. So here are the two things, the last two, are what we're going to pray about today. It's how we're going to end this service and pray. This is God's desire for your life. Reading Proverbs is great, but I can read from Genesis chapter 1 and see that God never did life alone. When he created the heavens and the earth, he said, let us create man in our image. God was in relationship from the beginning, from before the beginning. And the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelations, is about God seeking relationship with us. In Genesis 1 and 2, we were in the garden together with God. God made his home with us. He would come down and spend time with us. You read over the last two chapters of Revelation... That's what he's going to do again. When all of this is past, God's going to fellowship, have relationship with us again. That's his goal. So what is his desire for our lives? Why do we give an entire month to talk about relationships? Because that's what he wants. The first one is this. He wants you to have a friendship with others. So our prayer today, as we look throughout Scripture, I want you to to have a spiritual focus on what, what can I do with this message? What can I do with these scriptures from Proverbs 17, 18, 27, some of those relationship chapters? What can I do with that? 
Well, I can pray and I can ask God to surround me with some true friends. Amen? Some, some people that will be true, that will speak truth to me, that will refresh me and not suck the life out of me, people that will sharpen me and help me to become the person that God created me to be. That's what my focus is going to be. God wants those people around me because alone stinks. With people is what God created us to be. With true friends around me, with you think about this for a minute. If God's word is true, and I can pray this over my life, how much better could I be with these type of people in my life? People that would refresh you, give you life. People that would speak encouragement to you. People that would challenge you and not let you just only do the fun things you like, but people that would speak truth into you wrapped in love. Think about how much better your life would be. Let's, let's pray today. And for the rest of this month, let's pray, God, surround me with two, three, four, five true friends in my life. Because I believe together we're better. Amen? And then the second one is this, that he wants to have a relationship with you. Listen, there's not just because it's church. If we were sitting at McDonald's over a cup of coffee, I'd tell you the same thing. The number one thing that I can encourage anybody on this planet to do is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, for the reasons of the song, he sets us free. He heals us. He gives us hope. He encourages us, all of that. But can I tell you something? You probably already know. That Jesus already knows tomorrow. He holds tomorrow in his hand is what scripture says. And if all the great friends that I have together focus their lives on making me better, they still can't substitute for what a relationship with Jesus Christ does for me in my life. Jesus does save me. He saves me. He saves me from myself now and from hell for eternity. He saves me. But besides that, John 10 said he came to give me life to the fullest. Not just life, but life to the fullest. What kind of friend could Jesus be in my life? What kind of friend could he be that would want to give me the greatest possibility? Not just a good life, the greatest life. That would want to help train me in such a way that I could train my kids and pass on what God's doing in my life to my kids and get to see that fruit. Can I just tell you, Jesus is the greatest friend that you'll ever have on this planet. It's very easy to get busy in life, to neglect. It's very easy to look down and see Jesus calling and go, oh, not right now, I'm busy. But if I could leave you with two things to pray for for this entire month, pray that God would surround you with friends, true friends, people that would encourage you, sharpen you, speak life into you. And pray that Jesus would remind you every day that he's your savior, but he's also your best friend. And he's the one that's gonna speak life into you. He's the one that's going to reveal truth. And he's the one that's going to empower you to live your life to the fullest. Amen? So let's start by praying right now. How about that? As I pray, will you, will you pray? Will you just tell us, say, Lord, that's me. I want friends that will encourage me, true friends that will speak life into me. And I want to grow our relationship every single day. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that the Bible is not just full of heaven and hell stuff. It's not just all the supernatural. 
but there's so much that is practical every day that is useful for us saying yes to the life you created us to have. There's so much in your word, Lord, that you spoke on from Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible about relationships. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord. We, we pray that you would surround us with true friends, but also in the same breath, our minds are also thinking how difficult that is to find true friends. Over a lifetime, there may be less than 10 true friends in our life. But Lord, we know with your help, you can lead us, guide us. First of all, help us to be that person to attract those kind of people in our life. And Lord, I pray also that you would remind us every day that you are our number one friend. You are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are a friend that will speak truth to us, speak life to us and encourage us. But you're also a friend that has laid down his life for us. Ahead of time, you have shown us what a true friend is all about. So today, Lord, we just reaffirm our commitment to you. If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, I pray that today's the day they open their heart, they say yes to the Savior of all mankind, that you would come into their life, that you would be their best friend, that you would forgive them of their past and reveal to them, Lord, the plans for their future. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you that your word and your spirit will guide us through this world and help us to create the greatest life imaginable. It's in your name that we pray. Everybody said.